Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host, Lauren, to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Welcome back to First in Maine. Today, I have Anika Murray co-hosting with me to fill in for Debs. And if you've been listening to our podcast, then you already know how much we love Anika. Ah, and you know I love being here, and I'm excited to jump right in. Debs and I are very grateful for you, Anika, so thank you for being here. Anika is actually here with me because Debs is currently recovering from COVID, and she would love to have your prayers right now. COVID hit her hard. In fact, she had a fever for seven days straight and as high as 104 degrees. Yes, Lauren, let's keep praying for her for sure. I knew she had it rough when she asked me to step in. She enjoys being on here with you all so much and can't wait to get back. Well, I'm really excited to be a part of this episode. You know, Lauren, I was thinking about how much I love the first and main tagline, your avenue to living well. Because in life, there are so many paths and avenues people can take trying to get what they want out of life. So I'm wondering, how did you guys come up with that? Well, it was a prayer process for sure, (laughs) but we really believe that the avenue to living well is found on the straight and narrow path. The Bible makes it clear in Matthew chapter 7 verse 14 when it says that the gateway to life is very narrow. And so first and main is the busiest intersection within the city square mentioned in Proverbs 8 where people gather to gain wisdom. When Debs read this scripture, She knew that our podcast needed to be named First and Main. So if the city square is where wisdom is being given in this verse, then we know that there are lots of roads, paths, or avenues we can choose to get there, many of which are easier to take but will lead to destruction. The avenue to living well is narrow and difficult, so it can be easy to miss. We don't want to miss it, nor do we want anyone else to miss it. So we decided to start a podcast, call it First in Maine, and created the slogan, Your Avenue to Living Well, so that we can do life together by taking the path that leads to God while gaining His wisdom along the way. I love that. That is awesome. We definitely need to stick together, help navigate each other through life, so we can make sure everyone knows about this path. Because sometimes those detours can be pretty scary. Yes. It's hard to navigate through a narrow path. It not only takes skill and training, but it takes a lot of God. You have to be aware of things that might tempt you to get mixed up or throw you off the path. To stay on that narrow path really requires us to stay in relationship with God. Yes. Actually, in the last episode, Debs and I talked about self-discipline and how it's the one fundamental thing we need to live well because it keeps us on track to do the things that we don't necessarily feel like doing. 
In life, God has placed many things under our charge, things like our attitude, our lifestyle, our habits, our work, our relationships, which means we're free to make lots of decisions every day that affect our quality of life. Living well means having self-discipline to make good choices and practice good habits. Today, we're going to talk about the one dimension of our life that matters the most because it impacts every area of our lives. We ended our last episode talking about the need to apply ourselves to live a more disciplined life, obviously partnering with the Holy Spirit, and then we invited everyone to enter into training with us, to go on a journey and examine various areas of our lives and focus our efforts on living the kind of life God intends for us to have. I love that you mentioned living the kind of life that God intends for us to have because it unlocks so many questions we need to answer. Like, are we the person God wants us to be? Are we clear about the way he designed our life to work? Before we get into all of this today, I think we should ask ourselves a few more questions. What parts of our lives are already working well? What parts aren't working so well right now? What parts do we want to improve? Do we have any habits we want to break or any good habits we want to make? If you're listening to this podcast, I feel pretty confident that you are someone who wants to live with purpose and with power. That can only happen when we put and keep first things first. First and main. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love those questions, Anika. Yep, you know, for life to work, there are fundamental principles to live by and build upon. Without understanding them and applying them, nothing else works. First, God is the source of life. Yeah. Second, he's the boss. We have to understand that he designed life to work in certain ways. That's why we start to understand the spiritual dimension of our lives is first and main And spiritual training is the type of training that really matters most. Absolutely. The Bible tells us that spiritual training can benefit us in every way. In other words, in every aspect of our life. If we spend our energy training for spiritual things, we'll see the payoff in every sphere of our lives. In a closer relationship to God. In better relationships with our family and friends. In our health in our emotions, in our finances, in peace and security in this life and beyond. Here's what it looks like in a snapshot. We come to God as the source of life. To make life work, we come to the only one who can make life work. As we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that means his right ways, according to Matthew 6 and 33, everything else is added to us. So we first focus on our relationship with God. We surrender to him as Lord. Remember, the first and greatest command is to love God first. This makes everything else work. If I do it his way, life will be better. The goal is to live under submission to him and to resist rebelling against his rulership in our life. We have to give up trying to control things we can't control which is so hard to do, and yield to and trust God's control. So that means stop redesigning life and making new rules. God already has it figured out for us, but we must train for this. 
Yes. Speaking of training, let me read this passage from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. It says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So it sounds like we need to just start training for godliness. (laughs) Yes, for sure we do. Our spiritual growth should be influencing all the other functional areas in our lives. You might be wondering how does spiritual growth address and solve life's problems? You know, the Bible has a lot to say about finances, about relationships, emotions, work, about everything, really. So many of the things that people are seeking counsel of others for actually belong under the umbrella of spiritual growth. I want to help people see that whatever area or issue needs work, it may not be a personal growth or a counseling issue. It may actually be a spiritual growth area. That's good. When life is not working, it often means some of God's ways and his principles are being violated, either willfully or ignorantly by us or by some sin that's done to us. More often than not, as we discover and align ourselves to God's way, our life starts coming together. True. What this really is all about is coming back to life, the life God created for people to live, a life of deep relationships, fulfilling work, celebration, and more. We need to pursue a life the way it was created to work. To do this, we need to be reconciled to the idea of holiness and pure living. And this is the difficult path. But in Isaiah 35, 8, it says that it's the highway of holiness. You know, this is where we start, disciplining ourselves for the purpose of godliness. You talked last episode about the most important feature of any discipline is its purpose. God wants us to be godly, to be holy. So we enter into training to become godly people, which is really Christ-like. Spiritual training for the purpose of godliness or righteousness is the only avenue to finding balance and success in other areas of life because it leads us to living life as God intended. It's really first and main. It sure is. I think that it's important to know first, since this is first and main, that the spiritual disciplines we're going to talk about today foster spiritual growth. These disciplines that we want to talk about are privileges, not obligations. We get to do these things because we love Jesus and we're grateful for what he did for us. Being self-disciplined in our spiritual life is essential. We must first be disciplined in our relationship with God because through him, all things flow. And that is what sets us up for being disciplined in other areas of our life. And that's very true. So, Let's do this, Lauren. Let's kick it off with the first spiritual discipline that we want to talk about, and that is seeking God. Yes. (laughs) Seeking God. That's number one. Seeking him and spending time with him is our most vital need. So just think about it. It's a privilege. As you said, we get to spend time with our father, the creator of the universe. We get to have the bestest of best friends we could ever imagine having. You know, it's mind-blowing to me to know that we get an audience with the king of all kings, and that's truly an honor. 
It is. It really is. In fact, listen to the scripture. It's Psalms 27, 8, and it says, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. I love this scripture because in it, God is seeking David. God's saying, come and talk to me. And David's response is, Lord, I am coming. In other words, David is seeking God back. The Hebrew word for seek is bekar, and it means to seek with pleasure or delight. And I believe that God seeks for us with pleasure and delight, but we don't always seek for God that way. Sometimes it feels like we seek God only when something is wrong or when we really need him. And don't get me wrong, he will definitely be there for us and he will help us, but we should be seeking God all the time in praise and happiness and joy not just sorrow or hurt or pain. Exactly. You know, I think many of us may feel distant from God because, you know, we tend to use the excuse of being too busy. Think about how busy we are in our lives. But the truth is we make time for what's really important to us and what really matters the most. We're actually as close to God as we want to be. Yeah. Think about that for a moment. We are as close to God as we want to be. Yeah. If we want a closer relationship with God, then we need to spend time with him. This is not about working God into our schedule. It's about working our schedule out around God first. Matthew 6 and 33, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously the right way. And he will give you everything that you need. Yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) This is something, though, that we can all be better at doing. God should be a priority all the time, above all things, just like you quoted from Scripture. So what does that look like? It's before we get out of bed. We seek God first and thank Him for the day. Talk to Him about what's ahead. Ask Him questions. Before any decisions we make, we seek God first and His opinion. Before we go to bed, the very last thing we should do is in our day is to seek God and reflect back on our day, thanking him for his help. It's putting God first before all things, literally no matter how big or how small they are. Lauren, I love that. Just the concept of having God be a part of our entire day. Yeah. You know, we're told in first Chronicles chapter 16, 11 to continually seek him. And then again, in Psalms 105 and four, continually seek him. For me, when I seek the Lord, I seek him in prayer. Now, prayer is simply means spending time with God. God wants to be in a relationship with us. So that means we need to communicate with him, talk to him, pray to him, and then also listen for him to respond. Part of prayer is hearing and listening, talking and listening. The same way you explained David did in the Psalms. David responded to God. Lord, I'm coming. He communicated with God. I also like to seek God through worship. You know, there's something about hearing God's word in song and making declarations of praise back to him. Yes, I agree. Prayer and worship are great ways to seek the Lord. I also like to seek God by reading the Bible. And that actually brings us to the next spiritual discipline we want to talk about today, which is the intake of the word. Reading scripture helps us know what the Bible says. It gives us an understanding of God's perspective, and it teaches us how to live 
our lives as we desire to grow closer to him. Yes. You know, we can't know God apart from his word. Right. We need to study it, meditate on it, love it, obey it, and make it the basis for how we think and what we do. It can become a habit in the same way other habits are formed. Through the word, you would get to know God, his character, his ways, his plan, plans. It is a light to our path and gives us direction and gives us that wisdom that we need. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, it says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Scripture is the word of God and it cannot be broken. It's forever true and inspired by God. So when we go into spiritual training and absorb God's word, we can be assured that he will equip us for every good work he's called us to do. Absolutely. That's good news. <laughs> I did a little research and I found a survey from the state of the Bible in 2020 that reported that only 9% of Americans read the Bible daily. Then I found a report from this year, and it said that 11% of Americans read the Bible daily. And I do think it's awesome because even though it's only a 2% increase, 2% of Americans were looking for truth and promises in their lives, especially after 2020. I mean, 2020 was a hard year. Yes, it was. Tell me about that. (laughs) (laughs) If you go to the Bible and the book of Job, Job literally said that God's words are more necessary than food. It's in Job 23, 12. So when we feed on God's word, he fills us. He satisfies us. How hungry are we for God's word? Because it is essential to our life. In fact, 1 Peter 2, 2 says we should be craving the word of God like an infant crying for milk. Even though there was only a 2% increase in from 2020 to 2021, is still not a very big number, especially when we should be craving God's truth every single day, like an infant crying for milk. Yeah, absolutely. You know, consistent interaction with the Bible, it shapes our choices and it can transform our relationships. Let's ask yourself, here's a question. How often do you interact with the Bible? How much does the Bible influence your choices? How much does the Bible influence your relationship with God and the relationship you have with others? The Bible contains everything a person needs to live a meaningful life. It sure does. The word is truth. So if we ever want to know what is right, we need to read the word. John seventeen seventeen says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. The word keeps us from sin because it tells us what is right and true and encourages us and it helps us to prosper in life. We are to study scripture and meditate on it day and night so that we are sure to obey everything written in it. When we do this, we will prosper and succeed in anything we do. There are several different ways that we can intake the word. Obviously, reading the word is just one way to learn God's truth, but there are plenty of other ways to help us continually meditate on God's word. Anika, what do you think? Absolutely. There are definitely many ways. Another way of getting God's word inside of us is through listening, listening to the Bible. Hearing the word of God is a great supplement to reading, and it can make scriptures really come to life. There are many sources, Bible apps and podcasts and YouTube videos, having some quiet time and reading devotions, 
or doing Bible studies can help you really meditate on the God's word. But just make sure that you choose a genuine source. You can meditate in God's word by memorizing scripture through affirmations and even through journaling. And if you lack a desire to study God's word, just ask him for help and he'll give it to you. I love that. Those are great tips. And I think that it's important to know that the part about meditating on God's word is understanding that we are not zoning out. We're not clearing our head. We're not crossing our legs in a yoga position and going, um, (laughs) (laughs) meditating on God's word means to dwell in God's word, to take it in and feel the word with your hearts and fill your hearts with the word. So however we intake God's word, we just need to make sure that we are dwelling in it. That's a good point, Lauren. The more we dwell in the word, the more it becomes a part of us. Yes. Okay. So the next spiritual discipline we want to talk about is obedience. Obedience is not a fun word. And I think it's because a lot of people associate obedience with rules. But living for God is not about rules. Getting to heaven is not based on a merit system. This is first and main. And the main thing we want y'all to know is that God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. And so when you ask God into your heart, you choose to begin living the life to living well. And this includes being obedient to God. Yeah, Lauren, this is a good one. You know, our job is to yield to him and allow him to have control. We are to submit our will to God's will. As painful as it may be sometimes or feel, truth is always our friend. Ask God to show you the truth about yourself, your life, your relationships, and be open to what he has to say and be willing to adjust to his word, his plan, and his way. Embrace conviction and correction and be eager to let him guide you and set you on the right path. Yes. Growth doesn't happen inevitably. We don't accidentally become strong disciples of Christ, and we don't become one just because we're another year older. Leonard Ravenhill is a Christian evangelist and author, and he once said, maturity comes from obedience, not necessarily from age. And when I read that, I was like, how true. Maturity only comes from wisdom, and wisdom comes from God. Out of gratitude, respect, love, and honor, we live obediently to God's ways because, like you mentioned earlier, Anika, God is boss. God has all the answers we need for life, but that requires us to surrender and put our trust in Him. It's not an obligation. It's a choice. And God gives us the free will to make our own choices. I think there's a shift that needs to happen. And the shift is from seeing God's way as just a suggestion or something that we should do to seeing it as the only way we will have life. God wants to give us a rich and a satisfying life, but Satan comes along and his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. We can read about that in John chapter 10, verse 10. And so we follow Jesus because in John chapter 14, verse 6, It also tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Ooh, preach, Anika. (laughs) I agree. We need to see that disobedience to God is basically the path to ruining our life. Earlier, we were talking about how the narrow path is difficult, but it leads to life. Well, the broader path 
is easier to see, is easier to follow. And that is exactly how the devil works. Satan wants us to take the broader path because it looks easier and it looks easier to follow. But that path will lead to destruction every single time. Every time. You know, that's so true because being obedient to God is basically entering into a partnership with God. Yeah. He comes alongside us and he helps us in numerous ways. Searches our hearts. He shows us what we need to change. He gives us abilities to do the things we need to do. Leads us, guides us, shows us his truth. He counsels us, he helps us, corrects us. And ultimately he changes us. As you go through the process of growth, each step is a faith step. You live this life as he lives in you. And it's a beautiful thing. Somebody put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. I think that we can basically sum up obedience with these two verses of scripture from Ephesians 4 verses 14 through 15. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And y'all, that brings us to our last spiritual discipline we want to address today, church. Lauren, let's talk about that because church can be a little touchy subject for some people these days. It really can be. I have heard so many times in my life that you don't have to go to church to pray to God. And yes, that is true. You can be anywhere to pray to God, but that is not the only reason to go to church. I know COVID has put a bit of a damper on this for many of us. And for others, it's a touchy subject because maybe you've been hurt by a church. But remember, we are not perfect people. Therefore, church isn't perfect. But Church is where we find our faith community, our faith family, and where we get to be a part of the body of Christ. It's a place where we can mature spiritually with other Christians who are maturing spiritually. Yes. And if you are truly going to be obedient to God's will, like we just talked about before, we should go to church and be a part of a local community of believers because really God tells us to. In Hebrews Chapter 10, verse 25, it says, don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other, especially as you see the day near, drawing near. This is gravely important, especially in this season that we're currently living in, Lauren. Yes. And in Isaiah 58, 13, it tells us to keep the Sabbath day holy. That means resting in God and making time available, just like we talked about earlier, to spiritually refresh. And we can do that by gathering together as a faith community to worship and reflect God without the busyness of our everyday lives. True that. (laughs) And it's important that we go to church because Christians are the body of Christ. Just like our one human body has different body parts, the church is the same way. It's one church body, but has many parts. All the different parts work together for God's goodness and for his glory. This is how we build the church, which builds us into disciples so that we can build the kingdom of heaven. 
So true. God has appointed apostles, prophets, teachers, people who do miracles, healers, leaders, and people who speak in tongues for the church. I mean, that's scripture. It's from 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12, verses 12 through 31. You can read all about it. And together, we are Christ's body. Each one of us are a part of it. We are baptized under one body by one spirit. So we all share that same spirit. And in that spirit, we can use our different gifts to spread the gospel, serve God, and enhance the spiritual growth of the church. As our churches grow, our communities outside church grow. They're touched, and that's how unbelievers become believers. That's how we grow the kingdom of heaven. So good, Lauren. You know, as we grow as a part of Christ's body as a church, we can impact others, and then we encourage them to be followers of Christ as well. Yes. I think the last thing I want to mention today about this is that going to church is not only a way to train ourselves in spiritual disciplines, but also our children. Proverbs 22, 6 tells us to train up a child in the way he should go. And in the New Living Translation, it says, direct your children on the right path. So there you have it. Going to church is a part of the training and it directs us to the right path the path or the avenue to living well. Wow. So awesome, Lord. <laughs> you know, while reading a Christian blog recently, I found that people who regularly attend church reported stronger social networks and support, less depression, and basically lead healthier and longer lives. So literally, church is good for your health. <laughs> a Men. (laughs) Well, we dissected a lot of this today, but we still have so much to talk about. So join us next time in our roundabout episode with some of our friends as we go round about this topic some more. Thank you for listening. And we cannot wait to meet you here again at First and Main, your avenue to living well.